This is the TC3 Podcast. This is Aaron and Tony. Darren will be joining us later. You know, we're back after like almost two months of not recording a podcast. We're back for a new episode. You know, uh, drop some FSU, some Miami, some Jaguar, and a lot of draft talk. I think that's going to be the main basis besides spring football for college. Is that the draft's coming up, the combine pass. So we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to get Darren on in a minute, but... We just uh, recorded a quick little intro first before we get them on. But yeah, it's been a long, long ride. Not a long ride, but it's been uh, a while since we recorded, you know. But let's get into it. Let's get Darren on and let's talk some ball. We're back with Darren. You know, uh, Darren, as y'all know, been dropping on Knowledgeable Podcast. After Knowledgeable Podcast, he had two really big guests on, or three really big guests with uh Jay from Jaguar Wire USA Today. He's like a regular guest on the show. And then also receiver Javon Wims, former uh, Georgia Bulldog and current Chicago Bear receiver. Then we also had E. Dilla from the Bull Takes podcast. He uh he came on and dropped some stuff, you know, that uh some good insight on the Jaguars. You know, he's kind of plugged in with the Jags, so Darren's been working hard. We're glad to have him back. Or we're glad to be back with him. Been working hard, dropping podcasts after podcasts. Darren, what's up, man? What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, man. I just been um, dropping podcasts, just trying to keep the the platform going. You know, I'm paying this money for the SoundCloud, so you might, I might as well put it to use. So, yeah, man. I got. I had a. Uh, Javon, no, I had E. Dilla on last, uh, beginning of, I think at the end of the last previous week or whatever, then I had Javon on, I was a good episode, I got to chop it up with him, and that was great, and then I had Jay, um, from the Jags Wire, and then also I had, uh, Gabby from Storm Surge on my recent one, so, uh, it was good, man, I'm gonna try to get some more people on this week, um, so get the writers, cause we start spring ball pretty soon, so hopefully I can do that, um, but yeah, man, you know, I'm just trying to hold it down on my on the side of the podcast, you know, so I appreciate y'all for, you know, uh, supporting it and supporting, you know, continue to support us. Yeah, yeah, you definitely did a good job in getting those people on, and I know you got some new guests lined up. Have you uh, worked anything out with anybody else yet? Uh, not, no one, like, confirmation. I, like, uh, just chill on it, but. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get some people on because I thought I was gonna go out of town for work, but with this whole coronavirus going on, like they canceled my trip, so I kind of like set some things up. So, um, but yeah, I, I'll get some people on probably like uh Wednesday or Thursday. All right, so let's get into it. What do y'all want to start off with? College ball or um, the Jags first? Uh, uh, shoot, it's free agency week, ain't it? Uh, next Monday, I think, is the start where we can start negotiating. Yeah, so, like, I want to hear y'all's, like, we can start with the Jags, because I want to hear y'all's, like, opinions on, like, what we should do in free agency, because we, I've, you know, I've I've had my talks about the Jags with E. Dilla and Jay on, like, you know, how, like, this whole trading and offseason has gone with Jan, so, and I think we are, we all kind of, like, you know, uh, see eye to eye on that, but, you know, where do you think we should go in free agency? I mean, yeah, I mean, free agency, it's going to be interesting for me because the Jags, like, I mean, the reputation for the Jags right now is not a good one. I mean, we all agree on that. I mean, regardless of whether 
it's right or wrong, you know. I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, according to the players, when players like, you know, Unique, Nagakwe, and uh, Jalen, you see them tweeting stuff like, free me and free all my dogs and stuff like that. I mean, regardless of whether they're wrong or right, it's not a good look because, I mean, players around the league, they mess with, they, I mean, they're all cool with each other So pretty, for the most part. So when players see that, they probably think Jacksonville is like a prison or something like that. And, and on top of that, you play two games in London where, I mean, two. I mean, one game, that's fine. A lot of teams play one game, but when you play two, I mean, that's a different story, you know. I know they said that something about they take a lot of money out of their paychecks from just from playing those two games. So, I mean, free agency is going to be kind of, I don't know, like, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, usually, like, the past couple free agents signing, or free agencies, uh, we were able to leave, land, like, at least some marquee names, you know. But, I mean, this year, I mean, I don't know how it's going to go, you know. I mean, we definitely need some position field. I mean, we definitely need a tight end. We definitely, definitely need a linebacker. Cornerback. Um, cornerback, definitely, at least somebody's. I mean, we don't need a starter, but somebody to compete, you know. So, I mean, off the top of my head, like someone that I've been banging the table for, like, I mean, even last year, um, is Denzel Pyramid from the Chargers. I think he should be a cap casualty for the Chargers this year. So, I think he might get cut, so we might get another crack at him. I mean, he's been solid. Um, Signing him, you would be able to move Miles back to outside linebacker where he played really well in 2017 and earned his contract, and then um, allowed Denzel Pyramid to play the middle linebacker. He's he's been a little bit banged up throughout his career, but I mean when he's played, he's played pretty pretty well. I mean I know some Chargers fans haven't been too happy with his play, but hey, he's better than what we have right now. Najee Good, Quincy Williams at this point, but um, a great run stopper. Um, could he's a solid uh, guy in the pass coverage, but mainly run stopper. And if you watched any of the Jags defense defensive games last year, um, we had a hard time stopping the run. So I feel like that'd be definitely an upgrade, um, a realistic option. I mean, the the dude for Cleveland, I know uh, uh, Dylan mentioned him, Joe Schobert, Schobert, uh, Schobert whatever his name is. Um, He's going to be expensive. A lot of teams are going to be after him. Linebacker from L.A. Rams, Corey Littleton, he'll be a good option, but teams are going to be after him. And he was a teammate of Jalen Ramsey, so, I mean, I'm sure Jalen's not helping us out any, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, he might just have a bad reputation just from what Jalen has said, you know, so he might not consider us. Um, but, I mean, that's – I mean, I don't really know what other corners are out there. Byron Jones would be out of our price range. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list now. They say uh, Trey Trey Williams could be like a possible option. I know he wasn't great at Minnesota, but he was a solid nickel corner and a guy that could probably be a body for us. Um, uh, uh, James Bradbury from Carolina. He'll be uh, mm-hmm. he'll make a lot of money this year, so he'll be out of our price range as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of. I mean, it's a lot of unknown going on right now. Um, what do you think of like the? I mean, I think. I think we might end up landing on um, Austin um, Hopper. Uh, how do you guys feel about him? I mean, our tight end group has not been great lately, so I mean, that'd be definitely be an upgrade and a proven player. So, yeah, I think we are going to sign a tight end. Uh, it, it might be Hopper or Ebron. I think Ebron will be cheaper for sure. As well. But I think we just, we signed those two. I think we can make us. Um, I think we actually got some money to spend, man. I think. Uh, don't be surprised if we 
you can get one of those corners like a Brad Berry or someone like that. Um, it's just the fact is like I, I really either we're gonna double down on corners in the draft or we're gonna like you know pick up one in free agency for sure because I, I don't think the Jags really want Trey Wayne not Trey Wayne's but uh what's that who we have starting out there Herndon. yeah Trey Herndon mm-hmm. I don't think they want him well I, I definitely think he's one of our starting corners for yeah sure. I think so for sure I mean for what yeah. everyone says I mean he, they, they love him they, they, they think he played better than Boye which we we don't agree with you know oh but, no I know I, not at all <laughs> yeah so I mean like I don't agree with that but I think he definitely would be a starter for us um but and I think that's why we're gonna adjust in the draft I think we find some bodies, you know, like to compete in the um, training camp or whatever, maybe be a fourth corner or something. But as far as starters, I, I don't think there's going to be like a top guy that we sign as like day one starter because, I mean, we don't have enough money for all that spin on corner right now. Yeah, maybe like a, like Tony was saying, like a guy that could compete. Like I said, I think Trey Wayne's going to be an option. He's cheap and he's, he's like not a proven player, but he's solid. You know, he's been solid. at. Uh, he, never, he definitely didn't live up to his first round hype. But for Minnesota, he's been he's kind of a late bloomer, but it's been solid these last couple of years as a nickel corner. And then there's guys like uh, Logan Ryan that's going to hit the free agency too, so I can see us like taking a chance, like a one year deal, kind of like what we did with the Mukamara, like on one of those guys. And then you know, also we might sign a, a DT because I mean we all know that how. Our uh, run defense looked without uh, Marcel Darius. That's who we need to sign. We need to resign Darius to a more friendly deal. Yeah. And I think that's not out of the um, uh, possibilities either. So I think there's um, some potential that he might be back. Mm-hmm. That would be big. Um, but, man, off the top of my head, I mean, that's about all I can think of, man. I mean, if we don't sign Darius, I mean, I saw, I think I saw from uh, Jay from. The USA Today, the Jags Wire, he mentioned DJ Reader from the Texans as a potential option. I mean, that wouldn't be so bad. He'd be, he's a quality start, starter, in my opinion, so I'd be okay with that as well. Yeah, uh, I just saw Bleach Report. They said uh, we can make a run for um, currently plays with Carolina right now. He's a D-tackle. I'm having a brain fart. I literally just saw it. Huh? Do you want short? No, nah, Gerald McCoy. Oh, Gerald McCoy. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's not a bad player, for sure, but... Yeah. Or um, another player we can look at, too. I don't know how I don't know how he's going to translate to our team because I don't know if he's going to be running, like, uh, as, a, like, a, a power rusher or, like, inside, but Leonard Williams. Yeah, that would be big, but I think he might get, like, a... Not a hefty contract for somebody, but, like, a good amount of money. Yeah, they said he's asking for, like, $19 million or something crazy. $19 million. Yeah, that's something, crazy. Something like that. But, I mean, he'll be a heck of a pickup for our, for us. I mean, as a DT, he's... Christ, I wonder what I like it. But, but I doubt that. I thought we were going to go in that direction. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> hey, the Jets fans probably... Never mind. Oh, he plays for the Giants? Yeah. He plays for the Giants? Yeah, he got traded at the deadline. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, shows you how his career is going. You don't really know where he got traded to. Yeah. He does play for the Giants. Heck no. They really traded that dude. Yeah, they traded him at the deadline. Um, Dang, that's crazy. So, like, okay. So, I mean, I'm going to switch topics real quick. I mean, do y'all got anything else on the free agency? Uh, uh, really. uh, outside of the Jags, I think Tom Brady doesn't resign with the Patriots. Uh, um, I think that gets paid. And I think... 
trying to think of anybody else. Uh, oh, yeah, and I think we trade um, Foles to, like, the Colts or something. No. I, can see doing that. I can't see us doing that. Not the Colts. I they, they think that's a, might be the best option, and we might have a choice because we need to get rid of that contract. Because uh, Frank Wright, he was uh, uh, was the uh, OC or the quarterbacks coach at um, Philly when they won the Super Bowl. They have a really good relationship. So, mm-hmm. um, and we don't want Phil Rivers coming to the AFC South in general. So we got to get that man up out of here. Our luck would be for torching us the, the next yeah. year. You know, that's just gonna. But, oh yeah, um, and that one one last thing. I think that's gonna get paid pretty good too. Yeah, I saw. Um, I think Dylan mentioned something like that over the weekend. Something about talk to his source or whatever. Mhm. So, yeah, that's yeah, all I had though. Um. Okay, let's get let's get into the uh, unique Nagakwe situation. You know. Mhm. Um, things have gotten kind of ugly lately, especially this week. Some things transpired. You know, unique. Basically going on Twitter saying he there's no chance he resigns a long term deal with the Jags, um, saying free me and all this and that like a bunch of stuff. I mean, uh-huh. I mean things. I mean it all boiled up to last training camp I think it was, and now it just got uglier. Um, I don't know. So what's your opinion on that for right now? I'll let you go first, Aaron. You know, uh, I, uh, pretty much all the fans were in Ngakwe's corner in the beginning of the year. You know, everybody was paying, saying, pay in, pay in, pay in. But uh, right now, from uh, the rumored contract that we offered them, whatever, like, came out, like, not came out, but was rumored to be, like, what, five years, 110 million, 100, 100, 100 million, 120 years, 20 million a year, and then, like, 60 guaranteed, and, uh, he thinks he's better than that. I mean, I don't agree with that. I mean, I understand the bet on yourself stuff, but at, at the same time, you got to be kind of realistic. I mean, if you want, uh, his asking price rumored, or I don't know if it's confirmed or not, was $22 million, right? That's what he wanted. That's yeah. the range he wanted. And I mean, $22 million is $1 million less than Khalil Max making. So, I mean, you think that he's $1 million off of Khalil Mack level? I don't agree with that. I don't think so. But I understand that the market is bigger now, or you're going to have to start doing that with these guys, but I just don't agree with it. Not with the way our cap room is set up, not with our cap situation is right now. Uh, not a guy that had double-digit sacks once in his career. He don't deserve 20, $22 million. Not deserve. That's a little harsher words, but I don't think he's warranted the the... I don't know how to say it, but I don't think he... I don't think he... I think he's overvaluing himself a little bit. You know, uh, he may, he's may he been a good player, but let's not forget that the Jaguars haven't had a good pass rusher in uh, forever, you know. And a guy who averages nine sacks a year, I don't – and really, really like a uh, – not a great run defender despite what articles come out about him. When we watch the games, uh, we see him – not really making an impact in the run. So, I mean, I uh, I don't agree with it. I mean, and then he's kind of losing the fan base by, like, kind of taking shots at the Jags, taking shots at the fans. And, I mean, these people backed you up your whole career. I mean, everybody was in your corner pretty much, you know. So, 
I don't know. I mean, if he walks, he walks. Hopefully, we um we get that that rumored first round pick from the Seahawks if it if they can't resign Clowney. Uh, I'd pretty much think that's our best case scenario. I think he's gonna be gone regardless. So we better find some trade value for him. I don't think there's any way to kind of repair it after what's been going on on Twitter and uh, like through Yan and through the front office. I don't think there's any way to repair this relationship right now. Uh, so yeah, I think um, we just got to find the best value for him and ship him out. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I well, going back to what happened during the summer, I think the negotiations from what I have read and what I was told, like, from Dilla, like, it was just, they were trash, man. I mean, like, they didn't, like, negotiations are not supposed to last, like, two weeks, you know. They weren't, they're not supposed to last, like, they're, you're supposed to negotiate, sit down, and, you know, figure things out. And I think the whole thing kind of, like, you know, roughed some feathers up a little bit. But, you know, as the season went on, like, you know, they didn't try to extend them. And Tom Coughlin was like, oh, yeah, we will, you know, it, it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll put this back up in the, um... Summertime, and I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was still here. I don't know if they would have picked it back up. I think he just would have let him walk. But you know, Unique was playing. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, he, he was still very much impactful, in my opinion. I mean, like you know, with, during his career, he has you know he has fourteen forced fumbles as an edge rusher. I mean, we all know what he does with his strip sack capability. I mean, he's a game changer. Um, even if he he is getting like eight sacks this year, I mean. I think, like, you know, if if he wants his $20 million a year, if that's what he thinks he's worth, I think he's worth that. I mean, like, for agency, it's all about getting your money in general. And, you know, um, the Khalil Mack thing, I mean, yeah, Khalil Mack is making, you know, uh, the same amount of money. He's more productive. But, like, you know, it's just every year is different. Teams get more money. I mean, people are going to get, you know, overpaid no matter what. I mean, um I don't know. I, I think he's worth the money, man. It's kind of hard to, to, to tell someone when he's he's not worth the money when he's came in as a third-round pick. He beat out our first-round pick in Dante Fowler. He's been, like, you know, hardworking. You know, he's kept it cool. I mean, he's been, you know, playing hurt. I don't think he ever missed a game outside of, like, one game this year since he's been here. I mean, I don't know, man. And then, like, to have, like, you know – kind of have, like, this thing like this, oh, he's not good against the run game. I mean, none of our defenders on the defensive line are really good against the run game. To be honest, they're all trash outside of, like, so maybe Calais. That don't make but, it no better. I mean, oh, we can't say, well, let's pay him because the rest of our guys are trash, too, in the run game. No, I mean, I'm, not, trash, I'm not saying trash. Trash. I mean, like, as, as a collective whole, like, you know, our offensive line, I mean, our defensive line was wow. bad against the run in general. I just, I yeah, wouldn't just I say, oh, yeah, we can't pay him because of that, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of being a defensive end, it's not all about passer rushing the passer. You got to be able to have some type of factor in the run game. And I know Miles Jack didn't help it out none, but you can't just say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll pay you, yeah," because everybody sucks. Everybody no, sucks. Not, everybody sucks rushing the passer, or everybody like, sucks stopping the run. Here, here's your twenty million. You know. So, no, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, like no one was saying his run game. Like his okay to me, his run game wasn't like a huge factor until it's like he started asking for his money. Like no, I didn't hear that not one time. Like oh damn, like unique, like you're getting like you're getting rant, like you're not doing nothing in the run game. I've never heard that in his career. I mean, unless I like have been oblivious to the He's fact, but I've never heard that until like oh yeah, the contracts started coming out. Like well, oh yeah, he can't defend the run well. Well, well you he, know, then people started saying that. Like I mean, he's never been a good run defender. I mean, you could look at or you could watch 
any Jaguar film, and he's, he's never been one. And when you ask for that type of money, of course it's going to come up. I mean, you, if you want a complete defensive end money, top defensive end money, you got to do everything, you know. That's just how I feel about it. I know a lot of people don't agree. I know. But that's just how I feel. Yeah, but, I mean, like, he brings you something that other defenders can't bring. I mean, he's a strip sack artist. A lot of defensive ends in this league can't do that besides your Von Millers, your Khalil Max. Um, who else? Your, your Bozas. I mean, those are people going to get their money. I mean, they're 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 probably better in the run game than him. But like you know, I mean, what other head rushers out there? Like, uh, that's pretty decent. That doesn't like you. Know, I'm trying to think of someone right now. Like, uh, I can't think. But I mean, like he, you know, he has like that specialty that it factors him that makes you say, okay, we gotta get like like this is why he says he's worth this much because he's literally a game changer. Like, a lot of those games in 2017, like, a lot of those games we won because of him when the game was on the line. The strip sack in Cleveland. Uh, he had a couple other strip sack. I think he had some... I think he had a, a strip sack against, like, the Chargers when we were, like, battling against them. I mean, like, he's always had that, like, you know, it factor when it came to, you know, changing plays around. That's just me. I mean... I don't know, like, I, and another thing too, like, I'm just like in general, like, when it comes to just paying these players in general, I feel like, you know, another thing, and Jay Jay brought it up last podcast, like, you're not paying anybody next year. I mean, D.D. Westbrook, he might not be here. Leno Fournette's probably not going to be here. I mean, what guy are you paying next year? A.J. Bouye is gone, so that contract's gone. Clayus Campbell, he's gone. So you have the money to take the hit this year. So, let me... so I don't understand why, like, why it was such a burden. At first, to pay him when he wasn't going to be here. Do you think? I mean, uh, like, do you think he's more worthy of the money than uh, Danell Hunter? So what? Do you think he's worth more than uh, Danell Hunter from uh, Minnesota? Danell, what's the stats looking like? I haven't really been keeping up with Danell Hunter. <laughs> stats I know. I, I know he's a strong side defensive end, isn't he? No, he's a uh, weak he's side defensive. Weak side, okay. Yes. Um, I just had. Um, what's this? His stats, but, his stats from the last few years, um, 2019, 14 and a half, 2018, 14 and a half, 2017, 7, 2016, 12 and a half, and 2015, his rookie year, 6 sacks. Uh, how much has he got his, Has he got paid yet? Yeah, he got paid in 2018. He's making 14 and a half million per year. He got paid what year? 2018. So last two year. years ago? Yeah. Right. Last offseason. Yeah. Okay. I mean, from the stats like that, he doesn't sound like he's, you know, worth more than that. But, uh, I don't know, bro. Like, I mean, another, I think another reason why he's asking for that much money because what other defensive end is coming out this year besides Unique that's going to get paid? He's setting the market for himself Clowney. this year because – You said what? Clowney's going to get paid. Well, yeah, Clowney too. But Clowney's probably going to get more. If if Unique's asking for $20 million, I'm pretty sure Clowney's going to get about 25 No, I hate no. Or twenty two, something like that. Uh, I don't know. My, my thing with unique, you know, y'all, everybody knows that listens to the podcast and knows me since day one, since even before we drafted unique. That I've been a fan of his. Like that was probably like my, one of my favorite players for the Jags. So, I mean, I'm all for him getting paid, but like my my take on the situation is I don't see it get any better. So I mean, I, don't, I, I think it's a relationship that they can't repair. So I think we should oh, yeah. we should. Uh, Get something for him while we can, because I mean, it's, I mean, do y'all honestly think we're, it's gonna work out and they're gonna make up and uh, deal's gonna get done? 
Oh you. no, heck no. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying to keep oh, them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We're on, I'm just saying. We're all on the same page right now. Like on that yeah, yeah, regard. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. It came to this, but I mean, we seem like we're in a rebuilding mode, anyways. Even the, the even though the coaches in front office can't be because I mean, this, this should be their last year if they don't win, and I mean, it's looking like a rebuild. So I mean. I mean, get. I mean, it's not like Nagaki will help you anyways, because he's gonna sit out regardless. So I mean, yeah. if you want to win, I mean, the best option right now is just to trade him because I mean, he's not gonna play him under the tag. Um, we're not. He's not gonna resign a contract. So, I mean, if the Tony Pauline uh, report is correct with the Seahawks, where you um, get their second round pick and then you swap our second with their first, I mean, you gotta take that in a heartbeat. I mean, so I mean, that's a good deal. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I take that in a heartbeat because that means you get three first rounders. So yeah, yeah, I mean it sucks, but my thing is like at the end of the day, like this organization, when we get the next time like we come down to like a contract decision on a player, like we gotta find out a way to keep them, bro. Yeah. Like at, at the end of the day, no matter how we how we spend it, everything like that, we want Yannick to be here. Maybe not for that price, but we want. Yannick to be here, but that ship has sailed because of the relationships that, you know, that were destroyed throughout the season, you know, so when Josh Allen comes up with his contract, bro, we got to figure out a way to sign him to keep him because we can't keep letting our franchise type players walk because um, this is the fourth time with third or fourth. Yeah, I mean, I would say I wouldn't worry about that too, but then it happened to us with Nagakwe because I don't think, I didn't think that there was a way that they let Nagakwe go, but I mean, yeah, bro. You know, like that. So, I mean, we'll see what happens down the road. I mean, this regime might not even be here by then, so. Um, yeah, and they just got to figure it out, man. This, this crap's annoying. Yeah. I've never seen this I mean, happen before to any other NFL team. It gives the Jags a bad reputation, you know, and that's why I, that goes back to my point about free agency that, like, players might not want to come here because of mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, maybe we hear some news, especially uh, free agency approaching. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's all I have right now for Nagakwe. Um, so, uh, we're just getting into this Boye trade real quick. Um, we traded him to Denver for a fourth-round pick. I mean, I feel like it was a good deal because, I mean, he was likely going to get cut anyways. And plus, um, he's been great to the city, been great to the fans. He's been a, uh, he handled himself like a true professional. You know, he, he was a great player for us. He definitely worth his contract, and we, he he could stay on that contract now that he's traded. So I feel like it worked out for both parties. Um, I think Denver was his preferred place to play, so um, we got the deal done, and he's able to you know compete for their division or whatever. I mean, it's gonna be hard with Kansas City, but I mean he'll help the cause or whatever. But I mean, good for him. I mean, we're gonna miss AJ. He handled himself like a true professional, like I said. Um, we got a fourth rounder out of it, and. Yeah, so what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like it. Uh, just for the pretty much the same reasons you said, I'm glad that we kind of did him right because I know Miami was interested in him too. So I'm glad we didn't uh, trade him off to like the worst team in the league, you know, or one of the worst teams in the league. I'm glad we kind of put him to like a, a playoff contender. Uh, like you said, he was worth the money. He played great for us. I mean, he's a big, he's another big part of that 2017 year. He, him and Jalen, they shut down their sides of the field. And, uh, he lost a step last year, but there's so much stuff going on. You can't really get mad at him for it. There's just too much. He's playing with a young secondary. I mean, he's probably the, the oldest one there. And then uh, filled with second and third year pros. Undrafted free agents. Undrafted rookies. So, I mean, 
can't really get blame him too much for that. Uh, I think people who think Herndon played better than him are crazy. I mean, boy, I mean, he played pretty. The only game he really played bad in last year that he just absolutely got torched was Atlanta. But other than that, man, after Jalen left, he kind of stepped his game up a little bit, you know, uh, from what he was doing early in the season. He was getting beat early in the season. Then Jalen left, and, or Jalen didn't play that Thursday night game, and boy, he looked like a true corner or like a true number one corner at that game. And then he kind of stepped it up from there, except from Atlanta, at least in my opinion. But I'm glad we got something. Fourth-round pick, is, I see people complaining about that, but but a fourth-round pick is a good pick. Uh, I mean, I would have been happy if we got like a sixth round for AJ. So a fourth, I mean, but fourth, uh, I mean, uh, that's a good pick. You know, you can get a good player in the fourth round. Not really, you can get a potential starter in the fourth round. Not a like, guy you hope could start. You know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it gets a six pick nah. in the uh, six picks in the first four rounds, right, or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'm happy with it. Uh, um, I felt like his play this year was lacking at times. I mean, I know he had a young secondary, and he did have some good games like he get against Tennessee. Um, but he also had some games he just scratched the head a lot, and it wasn't consistent enough, especially for the type of money he was getting. He was getting paid to, to be like you know the shutdown corner. I mean, I wouldn't mind keeping one more year but I I think his time I think he knew his time was up here because he would have got cut regardless so and I'm glad you know Caldwell did write about him you know just trying to improve that NFL PA you know uh, standing right now because he could have I'm pretty sure he could definitely could have got a better uh, pick out of he probably could have got a second for him you know if you would have shipped him to like Miami they probably got give well probably not a second but probably like a def- definitely a third or, like, if the Jets wanted him, we probably could have got a second for him. But, you know, he shipped him somewhere he wanted to be, which was in Denver. And, you know, we got a fourth for it. So, I like the fourth. A lot of people are saying that, oh, why we have, like, you know, a fourth is low. But, I mean, like, his product, his production last year wasn't all that, you know. So, to get a fourth is actually, you know. And, and he was going to get cut. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, like, it, it's better to get something for him, or a, a, a decent pick for him. Because you could definitely find – like like Aaron said, a starter in the fourth round. I don't know why people are saying that the fourth round is stinky because it's not. I mean, there's definitely quality starters in the fourth round. People slip in the draft every year. I mean, look at like players like uh, I think Alvin Kamara was in the fourth round. I mean, uh, shoot, a lot of receivers that are productive to this day. I think um, I think Stephon Diggs was in the fourth round or third round, one of them. But like you know, regardless of the fact, like you know. We could easily, you know, find a gym in the fourth round like a lot of these other teams. So, um, plus it just gives us extra uh, draft picks, you know, because we're definitely stacking up on draft picks this year. So, so we're playing Madden franchise. Yeah. Just got to make the right picks, man. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Make the right picks. So, speaking of the draft, um, we're getting a little draft talk right now. Uh. So I'm gonna ask both of y'all, and then I'm gonna tell y'all mine. Um, what's y'all's? What are what are your like preferred like first round selections? You know, uh, best possible scenarios, I guess you could say. Like uh, best possible but realistic at the same time scenarios between like pick nine and twenty. Uh, 
pick nine, I think we got three choices that are uh, surefire. I think they, I think you're gonna either get one of these three. It's gonna be Akuda, Simmons, or Derek Brown. I think you'll definitely get one of those three. And then for the twentieth, gets a little tricky, but it could be someone like Kenneth Murray, C.J. Henderson, or um, with the absence of Yannick uh, Ngakwe, you probably can try to get that edge rusher from Penn State. Um, what's his name? Uh, Yerder Gross Matos. I don't know. I, I said I butchered his name. But also, um, I've, I've been seeing him slip in a draft. I, I don't think he had a good combine, but that good edge rusher from Iowa. Yeah, Espinosa. Yeah, yeah. 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 He might be in the second round. but um, Or you can get Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I think the, the realistic picks for the 20th would either be uh, CJ Henderson from Florida, Kenneth Murray, or maybe um, the – Wick, uh, Higgins, T. Higgins from Clemson. Yeah. What about you? No, uh, realistically, I'm gonna say that Derek Brown's gonna be there. We're taking Derek Brown at nine, and then at twenty, I think we take uh, Kenneth Murray or uh, I think Patrick Quinn will be gone. And anyway, my, I prefer Murray anyway. So I think we we'll go defense both back to back. I think uh, what. Three quarterbacks will be taken in the top ten, maybe. Yeah. Definitely Tua and uh, Burrow. Then, I mean, one of these teams are going to have to take offensive linemen, man. It's, it happens every year, you know, whether it's uh-huh. Mekka Bitten or Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs or one of them guys. So, I think Thomas. Andrew Thomas. I think uh, Derrick Brown will be there. We take Derrick Brown, and then at 20, we pick um, – Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, probably my favorite linebacker in the draft. My my scenario is, I mean, y'all know I've been on the Derrick Brown train all year, so um, that's my preferred option at number nine. I mean, if it's a big need, but I mean, I don't know if he'll be there for sure. So I mean, I know Kuda is an option, but that's a that's I mean, I don't know how realistic that is either. So I mean, I wouldn't be mad at Kinlaw from South Carolina as well. Um, we just need to feel that. We need that defensive tackle, man. I mean, we need a beast back there. Derrick Brown, he's a beast. Um, the teams just couldn't block him all year. I mean, you know that, Darren. You still on toting against y'all. Boy, slung Heggie, slung the lance. I mean, yeah. he would just yeah, rip, rip the ball, him, rip the ball right out of the trash can and ran about 40, 50 yards. Probably would have scored a touchdown if he didn't chip on his feet. Yeah. It wasn't for the turf monster, baby, in, yeah. in the swamp. Let's get it. Yeah, so, like, I mean, Derrick Brown, that's my guy. Um, uh, trying to think of any other guy. I mean, C.J. Henderson uh, at nine, that might be a little bit too high for him. But um, at 20, if he's there, I'd definitely take him there. Uh, but my preferred one is Derrick Brown, and at 20, I'm going to throw – I'm going to say Henry Ruggs. Um, that's my top, That's my two t- choices right there. Um, that's me too, if I had to lock him in. Yeah, like, I mean, I think Ruggs gives us a playmaker. You know, you can line him up anywhere. You can do punt return, kick returns. Uh, just a football, he's a baller, man. Because I mean, you see him hustling, like on you can see his speed when he hustles, like turn, uh, uh, run down defenders from that have an interception or something, and just kept, like make them DBs look silly. Uh, he's a, he's a, just a, 
Just, team player. Yeah, and if you want to be impressed with Ruggs, just look at his high school basketball highlights. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sheesh, that, that boy is flying. It's like a hoop mixtape, basically. Yeah. No, so. He didn't start playing football until his 10th grade year, bro. Yeah, I mean, so he has, like, a, a lot of untapped potential, you know. I mean, Tyreek Hill opened up um, opportunity for a lot of these guys, you know. So he could be what we thought D.D. was going to be. Yeah, and he's a little bit thicker than D.D. You know, he's, like, more like a kind of, like, He's a little bit slimmer. He's like not slimmer, but uh, he's slim, but bigger than Didi. Like kind of built like a like a running back a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'd definitely take that. And then I say if we if we do the Seahawks trade or whatever, and we have three first round picks, um, I think that'd be in the range for like Jonathan Taylor, like that twenty six pick. You could draft a Jonathan Taylor or somebody like that. Uh huh. So definitely or Christian Fulton. Yeah, I say forward as well. Yeah, I think I think we either get yeah. So like if so if uh, actually I'm thinking about so like I'm locking in for the ninth pick is either Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons. I know you're not yeah I don't want Isaiah Simmons, but if he does slip and you know one of those teams pick up you know Derek Brown, there's no way we pick Ken Law over Simmons. I just don't see it. Okay, I just don't see it. We need to be too bad. I mean, there's no denying. Isaiah Simmons talent. I mean, I've been an Isaiah Simmons fan all year too. So I mean, it's just the fact that he signed with Jalen's agent, and I don't trust that guy. So yeah, and I and I really yeah. and I really don't yeah. think the front office will draft another player that represent that he's represented by. You know, because we're not gonna get too much into that Jalen situation, but I don't. I think his agent handled it poorly as well. But and I and I really think the locker room or not locker room, the front office don't want another guy that's represented by him because the same thing could happen, you know. And, you know, he could give Jacksonville a bad rep to free agents. So, I don't, I don't really think we touch any player that's represented by him. But there's no denying that Isaiah Simmons is a great player. And if he would have signed with anybody else, I'd be all for it. I I'm, I'm still would be mad if we took him, but just I just can't see it happening. Dang, so you think if he's still on the board, like, and Derrick Brown is gone, and Akuda's obviously gone, you think we will pick, like, someone like Ken Law over at Simmons? I do, because DT is a big need, too. I mean, DT is just as big as a needed linebacker, if not bigger. And there's, and there's a drop-off after Ken Law, so, I mean. Yeah, there really is. I mean, who's the next best defensive tackle on the draft after Ken Law? Jordan Elliott from Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. And Ken Law's not a bad player. He, he don't get the same hype, because he's not, like, Freaky athletic. Like. They said there's a little bit of character concerns with him, but I don't know how bad it is. But I know he's a dog. I mean, I like Ken Law. He's a dog, man. But, like, I mean, bro, like, I think it's when it comes to I mean, stuff his, like that, man, I don't think you need to overthink it. Like, but I mean, I was looking at stats, like, last night or two nights ago, comparing him to Derrick Brown. They're really not that far off of each other. We know Derrick Brown is a better player or a projected better player because he's more of an athlete, mm-hmm. but... Just going for production, I mean, they're pretty not – they're not really far off. I mean, what's it called? Actually, they have more sacks. Yeah, the one – Derek Brown had like um, – 11 and a half. 11 and a half, half tackles for a loss, 10 and a half tackles for a loss, 9 and a half tackles for a loss, yeah. and Ken Law had 6 and 4 the last two years. So. The last thing – the one thing about Ken Law is the way Muschamp was using him was kind of weird. Like, I don't know if it was because of like Dur- uh, his like – his not really durability, but like his like um, overall and shape. Like he'll use him in situational downs. Like he wouldn't like have him being like a every down D tackle. Yeah. Which is cool, you know, but like like it was some like especially the Georgia game, like he really would only bring him in on third downs. And I'm like, uh, uh you know, you gotta be like a every down D tackle, you know? 
I think that's kind of, I think that's another reason why he's, he's like being like fluctuated between like nine and like that 15 range. Cause like, if you watch the film, like he's not there every play, you know, Derek Brown, he was there every snap unless he was hurt. Like that dude was. That's what I was going to say, Ken Law. I mean, I wouldn't be happy. I mean, I wouldn't be mad with it, but I wouldn't be overly excited with it. Cause I, yes. But, I mean, I, I think it would be an upgrade over any DT we have right now. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I just hope he comes in shape. Yeah. But um, for 20, though, man, I say if we don't get Simmons, I say we get uh, Murray. Uh, Name Murray. We need a linebacker badly, bro. I, I we got to move Miles Jack to the outside because him on, playing in the middle is terrible. If they're both on the board, I think the Jags will take Queen over Murray because he seems like our I think type, so. I think he's our type of linebacker. Um, like a two thirty range could run. I mean, they both could run, but um, he just, he just Patrick Queen just get into that Jaguar like scheme fit. Tony don't like big twelve I, defenders, and I usually don't either. I mean, Tony has by every time I talk to him about Kenneth Murray, he has a little bias in him about the Oklahoma defender. But no, he stood out every time he played. I give him that. See, but I'll make an exception. See, I see. Uh, go ahead. I said I'll make an exception for Kenneth Murray because God, man, that guy's good. I mean, he, he stands out every time I see him. I don't mind him at all. But I'm just saying, like, I just think the Jags would take Queen over him. See, I said the same thing about uh, Kenneth Murray. I said he's going to be the type of player that when he gets drafted to wherever he goes to and he goes to a team and he balls out, people are going to be, like, wondering, like, how did he fall so low on the draft? It's because he played in the Big 12. And, you know, Oklahoma, especially Oklahoma, they don't play defense like that, you know. And it's kind of hard to be, like, a, a true standout in a conference that doesn't play defense. And your team ain't that good on defense. But Kenneth Murray, he's good, man. I mean, he's really you watch, good, bro. You like, turn on any Oklahoma tape, and number nine is there every single play. It don't matter if it's a pass play, run play, he's making a tackle. I'd be fine with either but four. when it comes to uh, Patrick Queen, just an LSU linebacker, bro. I mean, Devin White. I mean, he's probably not as fast as Devin White, but he just he's he's going to be good, not man. Too far off. <laughs> I mean, Devin White was gonna a different monster. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, you can't go wrong with either one. I mean. And I think they're both going to be studs. I mean, I'll take Murray. I'll take Queen. I won't be happy. I was just saying, I think the Jags would prefer Queen. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say right now. I mean, I think we'll have a better idea of what we do in the draft once free agency starts. Mm-hmm. And we see what kind of positions we upgrade. So we'll be able to see yeah. more, have more of an opinion next week. Yeah. So. But I definitely hope we address all we need to do is Fred is here draft it don't matter. There's like five positions we need to address that's in dire need of being that needs help. And that's D tackle, tight end, cornerback, running back, and receiver. I don't think they go tight oh, and, end. Oh, and linebacker. I think tight end be addressed in free agency for sure. Yeah, so, yes, I'm saying, but like out of free agency and draft, those are the six positions that we definitely need help in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, cause you can and you can address those all in the draft and free agency. Yeah, like, you have yeah, a lot of picks. Like, I mean, you have a lot of picks right now. So you do, and you possibly get a third. Like, bro, like if we get that third pick. Oh my gosh, bro! I'm gonna be so happy. What time up in the I don't care if we get a. Uh, yeah, if, I don't even care if we get an extra second round pick. Give me something in the first or second, and I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they give us that extra second round pick. I mean, you got what? I mean, you have only one second round pick, but 
you have three first. So I mean, that'd be that'd be really good for us, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to fill out a lot of gaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that would be a perfect range to take a guy like Fulton, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Fulton would be there in the second round or somewhere. So, I mean, and he's a quality player. So, mm-hmm. after watching him, because I made the article, it reminds me a lot of Poirier. Yeah, so. yeah. But what's any, next? What's next? What's next? We're getting some spring football talk. Uh, I just well, that's all. We haven't even started yet. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk yeah. a little bit my, about Miami. We had a week worth. Um, FSU just started what yesterday. One day. Yes, we have one day so far. So I'll get to Miami real quick. Just I mean, okay. So far, we started spring practice. Um, uh, looks like Derek King is the real deal from all reports. You know, I heard I, I listened to Andrew Ivins and David Lakes twenty four seven through the Smoke podcast uh, earlier today. And they said, I mean, Derek King, like they hear from people that he's the real deal. So I mean, they see, they said they seen him make. Th- I, I saw reporters say they've seen him make throws that they haven't seen on Green Tree and like ever since they've been covering the team the last few years. So I mean, he's avoiding defenders. I mean, basically what you saw at Houston. I mean, you're seeing it in practice, and um, he's elevating the receivers play, which is big because that was a big question mark heading into spring. Um, so you. Uh, yeah, so you have a lot of uh, – that's definitely something to be happy and excited for. I mean, but, I mean, you know, Kings fans, you want to be cautious at the same time because we saw such bad quarterback play the last couple of years. Um, you want to kind of, like, you know, not get too hyped and just wait till the season to see it. But, I mean, it's definitely promising. It's not like last year where Tate Marcel took the snaps and everybody was like, oh, he's not as good as advertised or whatever. Because they do that right away. But um, they said Nikosi looks good as well. Like he, He's like a good fit for this offense. And he had a good day on Friday. So it looks like he's going to be the number two, which is good. Because, I mean, he could probably get some playing time like as a backup like in uh, blowouts or whatever. And maybe he'll be the starter going into the Bama game. I mean, uh, with, and he has a lot of experience better than starting like a true freshman or a redshirt freshman or true freshman. So. That's good for him. Um, as far as running backs, uh, Cam Harris, they say he's on another level. He's worked really hard for this. Um, he's playing really good ball right now. Um, we're kind of binged up right now because Cheney's missing the spring, I think. So that opened the door for Knighton and Robert Burns. Um, they said Knighton, I mean, uh, Rhett actually praised him. Said he uh, you know, look out of place and he's just gifted and stuff like that. So I expect Knighton to be number two running back uh, this upcoming year between him and Robert Burns. Cheney definitely get his, but um, the thing with Cheney is like him missing spring is really bad for him because as far as playing time, because he's coming from a wing T offense, so he could have got adjusted, you know. But I mean, the injury sets him back, so that opens the door for Knighton to be the running back number two behind uh, Cam Harris. Um, as far as receivers, uh, um, Jeremiah Payne looks like the real deal. They think he's going to be special. He just had to translate to the game to show what he can do to the game. They said Mike Harley looks like probably the best receiver right now, um, which is good. I mean, this offense fits him. This is him and Pope. They both, like, I mean, this offense was made for them. They should have been moved to this offense earlier. So that's, that's good as well. Um, so I think what a, I mean, the, the freshman receivers are making play. Daz Warsham. Um, Michael Redding is a little bit banged up, but um, he's still out there, like, just – running through air and stuff. He can't catch the ball because he has a cast on. But uh, 
the receiver from that used to be Washington State commit, uh, Keyshawn Smith. They say he's a burner. Derek King threw a dime to him the other day, as, as well as D. Wiggins. I mean, D. Wiggins had like an 80 yard uh, catch, so like a perfect throw for King. So pretty much like I mean, King is elevating his receivers. And um, as far as offensive line, they said they're not doing too bad. Um, they said this offense, or the offense, is more friendly for them because the ball is out quicker. Um, it's not like slow developing plays or anything like that. So I think they moved Zion, or they're testing Zion right now at right tackle, which is good because, I mean, he struggled last year, but he was a true freshman, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but it's good to try different things, you know, because uh, offensive line was such a disaster last year. Um, and you got to put your best pieces on him. So we'll see how he does at that spot. Um, Scape is good. You know, they got Campbell, John Campbell at left tackle. Um, I haven't really heard too much because the media hasn't really been open to the last few practices when they got on the pads. So we'll see. Um, as far as defensive line, um, I think the edge rushers has could potentially be the best in the nation. You know, I mean, you got Greg Rousseau is coming off 15 and a half sacks, probably a top 10 pick next year. Uh, Quincy Roche, the transfer from Temple, that was the all the American Conference Defensive Player of the Year, and had 13 and a half sacks. And then you bring in Jalen Phillips, who missed last year, but they said he put on. Uh, what was that? Um, Jalen Phillips put on 40 pounds in last year, so, and they say he looks like, I mean, he's, they say he looks just like Greg Rousseau, but more athletic, which is kind of scary if you think about it. Um, say he's the fastest, the most athletic and the uh, fastest defensive end on the team at like 6'6", 260, whatever it is. So, I mean, and then you got Jafari Harvey, so, uh, who's, was really impressive last year during uh, a scout team and, um, little playing time he got in as well so I mean our um, defensive line rotation is crazy good and, and it's going to cause a lot of trouble for teams around the nation our teams on the schedule um, defensive tackle uh, we moved Jason Blissett to defensive end that should help too he should be, be getting some playing time he'll be like one of them strong side defensive ends um, he's athletic so it'll help him get on the field more and as far as and defensive tackle uh, Nesta he, he should have have a great year this year. I mean, those defensive ends are going to open up a lot for the inside guys, which is big because, I mean, uh, you got John Ford returning. He flashed a couple times last year, um, Nesta as well, but they got to take that next step and take advantage of the one-on-ones they'll get and uh, having dominant defensive ends playing right next to them. Uh, as far as the linebackers, um, you have, I think, Sam Brooks, he, who was more than likely the projected, was more than likely the projected starter. Um, he's out for the screen as well. Um, right now they have the walk-on linebacker, Ryan Ragon, um, taking snaps and stuff. But um, I don't think that's going to last. He's a walk-on guy. But um, I think it's only a matter of time until Avery Huff takes his pot. Uh, Huff is like an athletic freak, and um, he'll he'll be out there soon enough. I mean, he might end up being a starter over Brooks, but I expect both of them to get a lot of playing time. I mean, McLeod, you already know what you're getting. He's going to be the enforcer at the team, an um, experienced guy. He's going to help get those young guys right. Um, corner, I mean, there's a lot of question marks at corner. You don't have Bandy, who was the guy last year. Um, you have Christian Williams and Corey Couch. You hope those guys take the next step. I'm really high on Corey Couch. Think he's gonna be special. 
Um, I think he's the best cover corner on the team. It's just like his, he's kind of smart right now, but if he gains some weight, I think um, he should be the guy. But I don't know if they'll play him outside because uh, he's kind of smaller and just or just let him play strictly nickel. Um, but uh, but regardless, we need to get him on the field. I feel like he's the most like fundamentally sound corner on the team. He's a technician out there, fast. Um, he could he has a threat to um, take it back anytime he gets interception. So you need those type of guys on the field. As far as Ivy, I mean, I still don't trust him. He's there's I mean, there's times where he played good, but times where he played awful. So I mean, Blades is more were way more consistent, and then you have Christian Williams. Um, uh, compete for that next stop. So hopefully Christian Williams pushes for for it and the best man wins. Um, as far as safeties, I think that's one of the stronger positions on the team as well behind defensive end. Um, you have, I mean, Bubba Bowling's out for the spring, but in this limited time he made a lot of plays and having a full season to get ready and knowing the defense and stuff, I expect him to have a big year. Same with Gervin Hall. Like, I mean, last year was his first year starting. Towards the end of the year he started um, coming along and making plays and I expect that tandem to be a really good tandem and um, be really good for us. And then you have Amari Carter's experienced guy as well. Um, going to his senior year, played a lot of football for Miami. And Keontra Smith, I think he got moved to striker, actually. So um, he'll get some playing time there. But he's a, he's um, reminds me of a more athletic Jaquan Johnson. So... Um, as far as uh, the safety position, we're deep there, and then you got the young freshman coming in, Avante Williams. I expect him to play as well. So, I mean, that's pretty much the recap for right now for the first week of spring. I mean, I don't know if they're doing any scrimmages or just doing one spring game this year, but uh, we shall see. But I mean, it's definitely a lot to be excited about for Miami football. You have any questions or anything? Uh, no, I don't got any questions. Uh, uh, I kind of I talked to our, uh, Gabby about it, so I kind of get the gist of what's going on in week one. Uh, it sounds like Derek King is doing his thing, which is good for y'all. Yeah. Um, it's really about it, though. All right. All right. Well, FSU started spring practice Saturday, which will be two days ago when y'all hear this podcast. But uh, you know, there's not a lot to come out of the first practice. You know, there's a lot of overreactions already, but. The main thing I got from the first practice is no more uh, wasted time. You know, last or throughout the whole WT era, we done seeing our players having dance-offs in the middle of drills and all that good stuff. But this one is um, it's not like that at all. You know, it's finally good to like look at the practice videos and there's like some organization going on. You know. Uh, there's everybody's running to the next drill. There's no, um, there's no wasted time. Like I said, from what the beat writers say, that everybody's on the move, doing something at all times. You know, that's, and that's what good programs do. Good programs practice hard. You know, they don't have dance offs in the middle of practice. Uh, uh, Norvell seems to be like a very fiery guy. Apparently, apparently he made uh he sent a starter to the sideline on seven on sevens for talking back to him. So it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot different for it's gonna be like a culture shock for some of these guys that are used to getting away with everything from the last era to now. I mean we've kinda of seen it with the AJ Light and stuff. Uh, AJ the I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, but 
the rumor is that he's missed class a couple of times and showed up late to workouts, and that's what did it. Norvell told him to leave, and then I guess it kind of got picked up from there, and eventually it got removed from the team. So there's a lot of different stuff going on. Uh, but as far as the actual play or the actual practicing going on, it seems like every coach is actually coaching. You know, we're not doing these crazy drills where we're – I don't know. I forgot what that one drill was a couple years ago that Harlan Barnett was doing. Uh, it was like a, a ah, I forgot. Anyway, we're not doing that no more. We're uh, our play, our coaches seem like they're actually coaching. I mean, I watched a couple videos of Alex Atkins, who's really impressed me because he was the, he's uh he was the one that I kind of scratched my head the most about of the hires. But man, just watching him coach. I mean, he has he has the toughest task out of everybody coaching our offensive line. And just watching him coach, man, I feel like he's a good coach. Uh, he's more hands-on and more like, more like, uh, he's more like, um, not just teaching people technique, teaching them where they need to be, you know, where to step at and where to, not all about like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but from, he's, he's more than just trying to teach a guy what Bas to do. Basically knows what he's doing. Yeah, so... I mean, he's really been impressive. Uh, the quarterbacks, James Blackman seems to be the most steady of the first practice, they said. They said he started off slow and then picked it up, which has kind of been consistent with how his career has went for FSU. But they said the other two quarterbacks were impressive. The other two scholarship quarterbacks, uh, they say Jordan Travis uh, is very accurate on the shorter throws. He um he can make all the short throws. It's just his ability to push the ball downfield is what sport like what can keep him from starting. You know he don't really have a strong arm and but what he what he lacks in his arm he makes up with his strength or with his speed not strength his uh his speed. You know he's definitely definitely the biggest running threat out of the three on campus right now. Uh and then Rotomaker he um. He's kind of like, uh, they're saying he's kind of like Blackman. Like, he throws a really good ball, but consistency is kind of his uh, biggest thing so far. He's been up and down through the first practice with throws. Said he made, uh, I think I read that an article that Sanone put out that he made the best throw of the, the night or the day. It was like a deep throw, a deep ball. Apparently, he throws a pretty deep ball. But just consistency. Same thing with Blackman. They pretty much might have the same thing going on, but... He's a true freshman that just got on campus a couple months ago. So, like, what, two months ago? So, I mean, he obviously will get better as time goes. Uh, a lot of true freshmen that have been picking up eyes or catching up people's eyes. Ja'Kai Douglas, we're kind of using as, like, a running back slash uh, a running back slash receiver role, kind of like how he did at Memphis with uh, Antonio Gibson and guys like that. He... Uh, Lines up in the backfield, catches balls out of the backfield. And he's one of the fastest kids in the nation last year. I mean, he got clocked at like 23 miles per hour, I think, in one of his games, which would have put him as like the seventh highest player in the NFL, like highest top speed player in the NFL. So, I mean, from a high school kid doing that, it's pretty fast, you know. So, we got to get guys like that the ball. Uh, like I said, it's not too much to take away from like the uh, first day of practice, just uh, just little notes, and you know everybody's gonna overreact a lot. A lot of FSU fans, quarterback one, had a position change this offseason with Wyatt Rector moving to tight end. Personally, 
I think it's a good move. He uh very athletic, very big. And apparently he could catch. They said he made two like uh good catches in traffic, one where he had to dive for it. So and especially with Trey McKitty leaving to go to Georgia or transferring to Georgia, we have a big, big, big question mark at tight end. So he, he can come in and quite possibly be tight end one or two beside uh Cameron McDonald. Who I've never heard too much. I know he gained like twenty pounds, so a lot of these guys are gaining weight, which is good. It just proves that our last strength and conditioning coach was a joke, you know, uh, Coach O or whatever. Uh, I really think Coach uh, Storms is a lot better. I'm not gonna say he's the real deal yet because we have to see these guys play. You know, they got to put on the pads in the real game. But these guys are gaining weight. They look bigger. I mean, Emmett Rice went from 220 to 240, so or 238. Said he's up 18 pounds. But it seems like we hear that every offseason. Anyway, but, and you know, it's just good. I mean, we're looking at workout videos. It looks like they're actually doing something, you know. And ironically enough, that was our last regime's hashtag. But, yeah, there'll be more stuff, a lot more stuff to talk about next spring. Or next, not next spring, next week. Uh, maybe we'll get in-depth more. It's just been the first day of practice. You know, you have... A lot of stuff going on and too many overreactions, too many underreactions, uh, just like little tidbits of stuff, you know, it's just getting everybody in the group of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, we haven't started spring practice yet, but um, we had our junior day this past weekend. It was really big. We had some really big names on campus. Um, I can pull the list up here. Hold on. But um we actually, we got a few we got a commit too. Then we only got one commit. But um the list included like, you know, the whole Miami Plumetto, basically all the you know, the best players on that team and um Leonard Taylor, uh Corey Collier, Jason Marshall, um, Brandon uh me about Brashar Smith. He's currently committed to us right now. Um we had other four stars on campus. Uh, Tamias T- uh, Dallier, I think I say his name. Amarius Mims, uh, office line men out of Georgia, I believe. Um, you know, we just had a you know, and also some current commits and a bunch of other like you know, five star uh, talent as well. But in the twenty twenty two class too. But we just had a, a very like uh, we had five, ten five stars on campus. 28 four stars on campus and three six star I mean six three stars on campus so a very productive junior day and we also ended up with a commit um he's actually from Jacksonville um tight end Nick uh Elksness I think that's his name I see his last name um he currently goes to I want to say a uh Episcopal or Bishop Kenny I think uh, he goes to Episcopal Episcopal okay yeah, so he's currently uh, goes to Episcopal, which is a school in Jacksonville. Um, uh, fun fact, I believe Luke Del Rio used to play there. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a tight end. He was originally committed to Penn State, but we got him decommitted early last week, and he made the, uh, this time on campus. So um, tight end group is looking really good. Uh, we end up getting him, and we also have uh, Wilcox on our, in our uh, class too. So, uh, once 
once uh, Pitts declares for the draft after this season, you know, with his productivity and if he stays healthy, um, we got some guys coming in that can, you know, pick up the slack along with uh, Zipper. But um, we got a crystal ball for Leonard Taylor today from FSU beat writer Bud Elliott. So um, these switches are still trending heavy for him. I mean, we're trending heavy for a lot of these guys, man. I mean, I like us to, to at least get one more out of Miami Palmetto, probably Jason Marshall. Um, I think we get uh, a few others. I think we get Amari Harvey um, out of uh, Tallahassee High School. Um, shoot, uh, I'm trying to think of this list. Marcus Burt, he's a receiver out of the Trinity. He's from Trinity out of the Duval area as well. I think we can land him. Um, a couple of the guys too that uh, I can't think of right now. Um, hold on, let me go to the board real quick. Uh, Leonard Taylor, like, like I said, I think we can get him. I, we're really high on Xavier Sawyer right now. Uh, he's out of Graceville, Florida. He's, uh, he's uh, projected to play office linebacker. I mean, office linebacker, wow. <laughs> Outside linebacker on the next level. But um, I think it's going to come down to us in Alabama for that one. Also Auburn, too. Bryce Langston, I think we get him back in the class. Tyreek Sapp, I think uh, we get, it's going to be a dog fight throughout the whole process. But, um... You know, I think we can hold on to him and Amari Harvey. I think we can land him too. But I'm not going to get too deep, too deep into recruiting. But uh, we're trending really heavy for uh, five-star defensive tackle Leonard Taylor, man. And I think he's going to be a beast on the next level. But I also want his teammate Jason Marshall. So, um, But, yeah, uh, we start spring practice, I want to say, this week coming up or the following week. Um, and also at the end of this month um, – don't forget, we have Zach Evans still taking his official visit. Um, it's down to us in Tennessee, and I think he picks us, but we'll see, like I said. Um, that's really it um, when it comes to Florida. Uh, Leonard Manuel, he's, still, he's taking a visit to us uh, March 20th as well. It's going to come down to us and Ole Miss. Um, but, yeah. Uh, that's really about it, man. I think we're going to have a very, very talented top five class. Right now we're, we're number two in the country, but um, the season's going to go on. And, uh, you know, the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world, they're going to come up, and the Clemson as well. But, like I said, I think we're going to end up with a top five, our top six class this year. I think we got some talented players about to join this class and take us, you know, to a higher ceiling. So, uh, that's it when it comes to football for me. Um, college football. Uh, also, a big thing this week was like the weight game pictures. A lot of these dudes look big. Girl from last year, uh, one of the biggest uh, transformations look like a Jacob Copeland, the receiver. Yeah, he's he's a pretty big dude right now. Um, also, Ethan White, he looks like he trimmed a lot of his fat down. Um, players like uh, Keon Zipper, Marco Wilson. Um, yeah, there's a lot of players, man. Nick Savage, um, you know, if you're a Florida fan, you already know what kind of work he puts in with his team. So he's definitely been a difference maker since he's been here. And, you know, we're doing good, man. So really just got to stay healthy, get ready for get ready for spring ball. Yep. But yeah, that's it for me. Um, I saw we got a question. I guess we can end it off with that. Um, we got a question from one of – our followers and uh, his name is uh, DeMarco Velli on Twitter at D 
Marco Velli. And he's this question. I'm not really sure about his question. I think I don't know if he was asking about Miami yeah, and it, FSU it in Miami particular. State, yeah, yeah, because that's what uh, he's a, he's actually a friend of mine from FSU Twitter. He's an FSU fan. Okay, but he wanted to know who, without or just an on spot analysis, who who's poised to win a championship first right now, FSU or Miami? I will. Let Tony take this one away first. Uh, you're probably going to win a championship first. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say Miami because, I mean, if you look at the recruiting classes, I mean, that Willie Taggart, I mean, he struggled on the recruiting show when he was there. I mean, Diaz put together at least a manageable class. Um, a lot of talent. Also worked the transporter very well. So, I mean, I'm going to say Miami. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, and if it had to be this year, if like one of us was gonna win a championship this year, it'd be Miami. Yeah, like if uh, it's hard for me, man, because if uh, if it is this year, because Miami had added a lot of key pieces that I think could push them like a lot better than they were last year with Derek King and Quincy Roche and guys like that. Man, I think uh, just. I mean, we're horrible, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean we're horrible. Tiger recruit horrible. So, I mean, it's hard for me to even... I, I want to get back to, like, New Year's Six Bowl or a second in the Atlantic first. But if they... Just say in the future, if we don't... If they don't win this year, then I like FSU's chances solely because I like our coach better than their coach. You know? Yeah. I like... Uh, I think I think Norvell could coach circles around Diaz, but we'll see... Yeah, I mean, we'll see this year if he can. I mean, yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah, we, we will. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, ACC ball is different than the American Conference. It ain't too different when, was, when CUSA teams are beating you. So, Ooh, I mean, they go to ish talking. No, nah, but, but, but I, mean, like I can just go out 27 defend. I mean, yeah, I but know. like I said, I said our coach. Is better all right, all right let me get my analysis. Uh, I trust Trevor Purdy to beat. Uh, a team, a defense filled with Gregory Rousseau, Quincy Rousseau, and uh, Jalen Phillips and those guys? Like I said, I wasn't talking about this year. I said if we look into the future, okay. that I think Norvell could coach circles around guys like that. So, I mean, Quincy Rousseau ain't going to be there next year. Gregory Rousseau ain't going to be there next year. So, yeah, but it don't matter. We reload. I mean, we got Chance Williams and Jafari Hardy up next. So, <laughs> Jalen Phillips. Uh, yeah. But, like I said, but, uh, I, don't, I don't think Norvell... He's going to be losing to CUSA teams and stuff. And uh, what's the other one? Sunbelt teams. Okay, well, I mean, we'll see what he does this year. <laughs> yeah, we will. I mean, ACC ball can be different from American Conference ball, but you guys, you guys, all 132 fans of college football, who would they rather have as their head coach, Manny Diaz or Mike Novell? Uh, I don't know a lot of them people even know who Mike Novell is. Yeah, but they damn sure know who Manny Diaz is, and he ain't a good coach. So, I mean. Um. Honestly, if I had to say today, I would say in Miami, of course, just they have better talent right now. Um, I think that defensive line is one of the best in the country. Well, on paper, on paper at least. Um, they got the quarterback, Derrick King, one of the best quarterbacks on paper in the country. Yeah, like he's, he's, one of the, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, which is why I give Miami the edge this year because they added a lot of key pieces. I mean, Derrick King, I mean, I was told by Little Birdie when he was coming to FSU that he needs to stop. We need to stop acting like he's a savior or something. 
I think, I mean, the thing with Diaz, I mean, you know, I'm not all on board with Diaz right now. I mean, he has to show me, but, I mean, he, coaches can learn. So, I mean, it was his first, job, first season as head coach. There's a lot of dysfunction, you could say, and they, he, he upgraded the issues. He upgraded the kicker. Kicker cost us quite a few games last year. Offense coordinator cost us quite a few games last year. Quarterback play cost us a lot of uh, games last year. So, you factor all that in. You play so Derek, Derek King. Jose Ringless, whatever his name is, can't pronounce his last name as the kicker from FIE, and you replace it with Red Lashley. So, I mean, we'll see how that translates. I'm not saying it's going to translate to 10 wins or whatever, but he upgraded the issue, so I'll give him that, and I want to see how it how it goes this year. I mean, yeah. Derek, King, Derek, Derek King's a natural leader. You could already see that just from the little time he's been on campus. He's already head, yeah. and, shoulders, head and shoulders above Nicosi and Jaron in that regard. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's just about the future, too, because, I mean, we all know you guys. We all know Miami's better than Florida State so far this year. But just the future-wise, I don't know, because Derrick King won't be there next year. Uh, that pass pressure from Temple, he won't be there next year. Yeah, the youth is going to start coming up. But, like mm-hmm. I said previously before, like, you guys really didn't recruit, you know, like, you know, depth, you know, wise good enough. I mean, you guys have holes to fill at linebacker still. Quarterback's going to be a question. I mean, I think Van Dyke could be solid. Running back's going to be solid. Receivers, I mean, you guys already have, you know, you guys were recruiting receivers before, but they haven't, they still haven't translated it yet. Maybe they can pick it up this year because, you know, they'll be back the following year. I don't see none of those receivers leaving early unless they have a, a monster year. But um, uh, Brevin Jordan will be gone. So you have to replace tight end. Will Mallory hasn't been, you know, what he's been said to be. Um, so we'll see. But like I said, I can't really justify for FSU either because FSU hasn't really recruited well at all anyway besides skill positions. And those skill positions ain't all that either. Outside of DB, I think DB is pretty solid. But the receiving core, outside of Terry and um, Helton when he's healthy, yeah, I mean, they, they better be happy Terry came back this year because it would have been very bad for them this year. They would have had to rely a lot on youth. Yep. That's just our opinions for this. Yeah, yeah. But um, anything else? No, we should have more to talk about next week with free agency starting the rumors. You'll start hearing the rumors this week, so um, maybe there's a trade in a few or a trade in two with the Jags and between Foles and the Gawkway. I mean, you never know. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But we should have yeah, a lot to sure. talk about next week. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, that's it. Like I said, I have a lot more FSU to talk about next week. It's kind of hard to talk about a lot of stuff when it's only one day of practice, you know. But uh, there's going to be some interesting stuff to talk about on the next podcast. We'll have a full week under our belt. What's the differences between the two regimes and who looks good and obviously who looks bad or whatever. But right now, that's about it for me. Yeah, that's it for me too, man. I just, like I said, I got more content coming this week, so y'all be on the lookout. Yeah, I'm going to try to drop an article every week, uh, mainly the draft stuff until the draft's over. So thank y'all for reading that. We've been getting a lot more views than we have late, lately, or we used to get. So Yeah, shout out to Darren. You've been putting on, holding it down, um, getting some good quality guests on, and getting some good information. So shout out to you, Darren. Yes, sir. Shout out to Aaron. You know, he put out some great quality uh, articles this week about what the drafts doing the draft. So, shout out for Tony, man. He holding it down, too, man. So, we all good, man. We trying to be great.
Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll take credit for it. <laughs> We're trying to be no, nah, Tony. Tony, I like, hear he he uh, he giving our advice on who we need to get on because he definitely uh, gave me the advice to get on Gabby because I, I didn't even think of that one. So, and he's helped out with Jay before in the past. So you know. Yeah, we definitely are going to start dropping more consistent content, whether it's a group podcast or we each drop solo ones. Or just you know, our time schedule has been so conflicting that we had to start just separating stuff sometimes. And whenever somebody wants to drop a podcast, they're going to drop it, you know. So sometimes we'll be all together. Sometimes it'll be me and Darian. Sometimes it'll be me and Tony. Sometimes we'll all just be solo. So y'all be on the lookout for them. Thank y'all for listening. Like we said, thanks, Darian, for you know, holding it down and you've been working and been dropping like five podcasts a week. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we appreciate it. And obviously, it's working because we're starting to get a lot more views on our content. So, y'all keep listening. Keep helping us grow. We really, really, really appreciate it. You know, it doesn't go unnoticed. But, that's it for me. Yes, sir. That's a wrap. <laughs>